Good evening and welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to tonight's edition of Springboard, your virtual university. It is 37 days more to the end of the year 2019 and this is the platform where your personal value is enriched on a daily or I must say a weekly basis. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstition Joy 99.7 FM. It is made possible by the kind Ketsi of EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, MTN, Ghana's number one network, and our print media partner, The Graphic Business. Thank you for joining us on Joy FM and also on Facebook streaming live. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of the virtual academic board chaired by Comfort with support from Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, Emmanuel, and Jojo, I welcome you to our discussion. What's our topic for tonight? Digital disruption and its impact on business models. Has your business model changed significantly in the past few years? We will shortly be talking to Samuel Hiram Yaru, and Kate Thompson of EcoBank, as well as Mr. Kofi Owusu Inshira of Insano, our guests for tonight. But our big question for today, how has disruption changed your business? Are you watching us on Facebook or listening to us on radio? How are you consuming this service? Are your... Are you seizing new opportunities or are you losing ground to the competition? And by the way, do you have a digital strategy, whether you are a political party, a church, a business or whatever? Do you have a strategy for taking advantage of the digital revolution? Tonight, our guests will help us understand every single detail of this discussion. In our Data is Keen segment tonight, Amos will show you why six out of every ten businesses has already been disrupted. Amos will give you two simple responses for any company that doesn't want to fold up. It's a serious discussion tonight. In our Game Changer segment today, Comfort will show you how Disney, the big Disney itself, had to respond to the threat of disruption and the benefits that accrue to the company as a result. So let's start with our quote for today and Comfort. That's your baby. What is our quote for tonight? Well, tonight's quote comes from Canadian lawyer and life coach, Robin Sharma. My, my, say, my friend. Yes, your friend. <laughs> what, is, what is he saying tonight? It says, by seizing the opportunities that disruption represents and leveraging hard times into greater success through out-thinking, out-innovating, and out-working everyone around you, this just might be the richest time of your life so far. That's why Robin Sharma has enemies. People are afraid of disruption, and you are saying disruption could represent the richest time of your life so far. What was the basis of his succession? Well, look at it this way. Two things are happening. Right. Doors are opening and doors are closing. The disruption is an economic rearrangement driven by technology. Right. Therefore, for every door that closes, new and bigger doors are being opened. Why? Therefore... He says, outthink, out-innovate, and outwork the competition, and then you will have the advantage. When you said one, when one door closes another door, it reminded me of some reggae song. Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so digital disruption is the transformation caused by emerging digital technologies and business models and these innovative technologies and models impact the value of existing products and services offered in the industry and render existing models increasingly obsolete.
So digital disruption changes the fundamental expectations and behaviors in the culture, market, industry, or process through digital capabilities, channels, and assets. So suddenly, people expect more, demand more, and are surprised when you cannot deliver. How is our world changing? Interestingly, five industries have been highlighted as ones to watch with massive disruption. Number one, healthcare. Two, construction. Three, finance and insurance. Four, real estate. And five, governance. That is not to say that if you are outside these five areas, you are not being disrupted. But these five have come up for mention in some big reports that we are looking at. In fact, according to PwC's CEO polls, apart from technology which Comfort mentioned, the behavior of consumers is an even more disruptive force because by the power of technology, they are now expecting more. So which kinds of companies are doing well and which kinds of companies are struggling how do you ensure that you are not on the side of the strugglers but on the side of those driving advantage samuel yaro is the regional head of operations and technology at ecobank ghana he starts us off on our discussion tonight some which companies are struggling as a result of disruption and which kinds of companies not necessarily industries behavioral patterns that give advantage which kinds of companies are struggling, which kinds of companies are doing well. Okay. Thank you very much, Albert. And good evening to the cherished listeners of Joy FM and our valued Ecovan customers and our family. Um, to tell you, I think every company should be on the watch list. Because from where I sit, the evolution and transformation that is happening is no respecter of uh, entities. For the ones that you have mentioned, maybe the wave is just around them and the other ride or die. But for the rest of them, I think that we all have to be on the watch list. You mentioned earlier that customers are demanding more. The question is why? You know, the technology evolution that is happening now today is giving customers superhuman powers. I'll give you an example of that. If you had a time machine and went back to 1990 Mm -hmm. with your current iPhone or your Samsung phone, you were holding $15 million worth of computing power in your hand. In fact, you are having a computer that was more powerful than the computer that sent the Apollo and the Armstrong to the moon. That is what we have today. And what do we do with it? We play Candy Crush, do Facebook, and do social media. <laughs> okay. So what you're saying, what, what you're saying is that the, the, the level of technology and power we have now, if they were valued some years ago, 1990, would be probably... just 1990. If you had an iPhone, that is $15 million worth of computing power you have. We are rich. Yes, but you don't have a time machine. All right. You know, but, you know, uh, this superhuman power is an almost limitless capability that the phone gives us. Also then, acts, I mean, changes the expectation of customers in terms of what they want to do. Your phone basically is an extension of yourself today. And the companies that are aware that our phones are just an extension of us are leveraging this. To give you just some few examples, there are companies today like those in Joy from who today, like uh, New York Times, Washington Post, Reuters, they're using artificial intelligence in their writing. So they don't carry notepads around and go to press and write in hand. They use technology to do their writing. There are, there's computer intelligence today that can detect gunshots and alert the security agencies. And, and are you saying that alerts will come faster than the gunshot? Of, it will listen to the sound and analyze whether it's a gunshot or just a bang, what type of weapon, and alert the agencies. Right. That is also happening today. 
today you have your Alexia and Sui who can speak to you and some of them can even schedule your appointments for you. We have robots today with AI that can pick raspberries for you and put them in the basket. They're getting spoiled. They can pick them off the market store and put them in the basket. If they're harvesting too, they can know this raspberry is good for the supermarket and pick it. We have brain, computer brain interfaces that can read your mind and translate it into speech today. Steve Hopkins was using one. How different is this from witchcraft? Uh-huh. You see, it is when you don't have the knowledge that it says witchcraft. But if you agree, you don't know. And you leverage that and research, you realize that the possibilities are almost endless. That is why I tell you that technology has given us superhuman powers. And the possibilities of what we can do today is almost limited. Let me give one last example. The most, I'll say, the number one company in the world who has the best deposit mobilization application. It's not a bank. It's a gentleman who was recently in Ghana, Alibaba's Jack Ma. He has a platform we call the Uebao. He manages over $300 billion worth of funds. He doesn't have a branch. He doesn't have any human beings. What did he do? He just came up with an app and said, you know what, the idle funds that you have in your mobile phones, it doesn't matter which telco that you have, just transfer it to me. I'll manage on best effort and give you the best returns I can. Overnight, everybody's on board. And he's managing $300 billion worth of it. He doesn't own a single branch entity. But yes, when it comes to mobilization of deposit, nobody can beat him. That should be difficult for Kate Thompson to manage. The information you are sharing, some should be very difficult for Kate to manage. Kate is head of consumer distribution at Ecobank Ghana. Now, Kate, you, 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 you handle the consumers, the customers. From what Sam is sharing, the expectation of the typical banking customer 10 years ago, 5 years ago, has radically changed. And it's almost like you either do what I want from you or I'm going to go to somebody else. And they will find somebody else. And even if they don't find them in Ghana, they can find them anywhere in the world. And it's a limitless limitless frontier for, for them to acquire the services that they, they require. How much pressure does that put on you and your outfit? Thank you, Reverend Okran. And um, I think um, from what Yaro has said and from what you said, it's currently it's become a big challenge making sure that we have customers that are satisfied. Now we have come to an era whereby we have the me customer. It's all about me. And if a customer has a relationship with you, there's a lot of expectations. And I would say that it is not about the fact that we now have customer needs. Customer needs have been there for time, um, for a very long time. But we've gotten to the point whereby we have disruptors. And these disruptors are the factors that have made, has shaped what is happening now. Now you have a situation whereby you have technology that can make it easy for you to have access to certain things. You have AI. So customers are expecting more. They are expecting you to know and know exactly what they do. You should be able to know exactly what they are going to do the next time. You should be able to predict. And that is where the challenge has come from. The, the situation whereby you need to predict a customer's need at any point in time. So if you are in a business or if you are in a service and industry and where I find myself, where you deal with consumers, then at any point in time, you should be able to predict pay. So customers are not looking at you, looking at them as a mass market. Each customer is an individual. It is about me. I really don't care what you are doing out there. All I know is that I have an interest in your bank. 
at any point in time, you should know what I need, when I need it, and how I need it, and how I need it to be delivered. And that is what has caused most of the changes that we have in EcoBank. So if you, if you, have, if you have 800 traditional, traditional banking clients and 1.4 million rising on your app, how do you single out each single one and then tell what their needs are, what their expectations are? How are you supposed to do that? And that is where technology and AI comes in. And that is where we need to now form partnerships. Because where you cannot deliver, you need to find ways of delivering. Because you have the base. Now you're looking at um, partnerships or industries like um, social media, where you have um, WhatsApp, you have Facebook. WhatsApp, for example, has close to 2.5 billion users, active users. You have Google having close to 450 million users. But at any point in time, you receive personalized services. And how do you do that? Through the use of data. Per what you are doing, we should be able to analyze that. And we've gotten to the point whereby banks should not work in isolation. You don't need to know it all. You need to be able to rely on technologies that can help you deliver. Because believe you me, there are industries that are offering that. We have disruptors in the industry. You have the Ubers that have changed the way we, we sit in taxis. We have the, the Netflix that has changed the way we look at movies. Because in the past, of course, the need was there. I need to be able to watch a movie that my children would not be able to do. But how do I differentiate that? We weren't doing that. But Netflix made it possible for that to happen. So there are technologies that we can use. So yes, if I have 800 million customers, they are individuals. They do different things at different points in time. And this data sits with us. It's a matter of us knowing how to mine the data and making use of it. So Albert, just to add a point to that, um, the, the, the reason why this disruption, especially in the financial services industry, it's uh, so easy to do is the fact that the fintechs and the other technology firms have realized that the core utility of banking, essentially, is I want a place to store value. I want to be able to move, move money, whether it's a push or it's a pull, and I want to have access to credit. So if you look at this core utility, you take it away from the traditional approach you had branches and stuff and just look at this core utility of store of deposit, ability to move money and credit. They realize that you have to go back to first principles, I mean, thinking. You don't need the structures that we have in the overheads we have today to fulfill that core utility. So what do I do? I give you a mobile app. It's a store of value. You can push and pull money. You can access to credit. And so that is where a fintech would come with just a server. Let me give you an example of a debate that before Jack Ma... You, before you come to that, I, yeah. I, I, I want to bring Kofi, Kofi Usinshra on because um, I'm looking at the thoughts of Peter Diamandis, who's an American businessman who says, true disruption threatens your existing product lines. So you've worked so hard for so many years to build your product lines and you are so sure of them. They've given you value. They've worked. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're experimenting. This is how you've, what, you've won your awards you survived in the market. Last year, you were fine. Last two years, you were fine. Suddenly, and when it starts coming, it's almost like, oh, no, it's just a, a, a fleeting phase. And then it begins to gain momentum and realize that it's not a fleeting phase. This is the new world you find yourself yeah. in. Um, Peter Diamandis says that true disruption threatens your existing product lines as well as your past investments. And that's what is scary. What you are doing, you have invested in it. You've built your whole business model around it. And he says, breakthrough products disrupt current lines of business. Um, Kofi, some are partial. Some are literally almost 
total disruption. It's almost like the whole factory you built is obsolete just when you finish building it. Am I overstretching the revelation, if I may use that word on a Sunday? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, Albert, you are not overstretching it. And then uh, Kate mentions, um, Kate makes a very strong point and uh, talks about how the customer is at the center of digital disruption. It's instructive to note that um, what we have realized from all the works we do for several banks in several different markets is that the customer needs and demands are changing from time to time. Yeah. Um, Jeff Bezos puts it this way. He says that customers have a divine um, divine desire to want more. So, so I'm not wrong on my... No, you are not. Revolution no, you are not. Um, and so what we are realizing in the market and what's also becoming the very critical um, wheel for disrupting uh, various enterprises and various banks for that matter is the question of who or which bank gets to know the customer better within the shortest possible time with the same amount of information that the customer is giving to every financial institution. Now, then your attention would then have to go to how the customer engagement happens and how much information you are able to solicit from the customer in a single interaction that the customer has with you. Then you want to talk about cyber security, how to protect the customer data that you have on on, on the customer at any point in time. The other critical thing that we realize, um, and I think um, Kate also uh, mentions that, is with understanding the kind of data that you are you are getting from the customer. I was going to come to that. I, let me just throw it in, just yes. so you so so you wrap it around your answer around it. We we like filling forms in this country. We right. fill and fill and fill forms. Sometimes fill the same form about ten times. Right. Yeah. But do we really do we really make any sense out of these forms that we fill? Because really, if somebody were looking at the what the the, the facts behind the forms, it, it should be a rich minefield, shouldn't it? I was right. And in a. How do I even put this? So there's one bank that we work for in a particular country outside Ghana. And the bank, we, we go on a, on a workshop with their very senior managers and their um, members of their board. And in the course of the discussions, we realized that the bank has data that covers a period of, say, 20 years. Right. Some customers that they have are no more alive. There are several that they have at the time the accounts were open for them, there were trust accounts that they you know that were created and their parents have passed on and so on and so forth. What I realize is that a lot of banks and financial institutions don't do not make um, use of the data. We do not pay attention in, uh, you know enough attention to the to the data that we collect from customers. And because of this problem, banks and several other institutions tend to think that Immediately you mentioned digital disruption. They are talking about technology in itself. But you would realize that in a lot of um, instances, the disruption we are, we, are, we are talking about has very, very little to do with, with, um, you know, with technology per se. It has, to, it has everything to do with understanding the customer and how, how, what kind of mechanics and um, systems you've put in place to be able to make sense of the customer. I'll give you an example. So a bank sends me um, a bank statement at the end of the month. Also sends me a debit of you know my account, you know, an advice that they've debited this amount of money for. Um, I think they call it um, 
the technology fee for the month or something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, yes, maintenance fees, fees and so on and so forth. And this is the month I didn't have anything to do with that particular bank. For the bank, the business model is that we get X Ghana CD from every customer every month. What we are talking about here would allow for us to understand the customer to the point that if he didn't have an interaction with us, perhaps we should be lenient on such deductions. Or we should rather than try to debit his account and maybe throw it into a negative, engage the customer to find out what happened in that in, in the month. So, so essentially, uh, the point I'm trying to make, and I'm making it very strongly, is that at the heart of disruption. And the companies that are being disrupted are the ones who are not paying attention to what the customer wants. Right. I was going to, was going to come to that. Is that a possible course of churning, what you just described? And when I say churning, I mean that yeah. the customer exercising their right then to move to another bank or another another entity that will not bill them for what they didn't consume. Will this be an example of why people will make a change? Absolutely. In fact, it's the only reason that customers churn. And what we realize in Ghana, for example, is that customers are not necessarily price sensitive, as a lot of institutions tend to think. Um, a, a bank thinks that if we tell, um, if we told our customers or we put an ad out there and said um, zero accounts opening, then every customer would run towards the bank to open accounts. And we realize that these things don't work. Right. Over time, customers don't really become as price sensitive as we think they are. They are more interested in which banks understand them the most. Mm-hmm. Who, which bank is able to figure out the kinds of jobs that they are perhaps engaged in, etc., and send them advice specifically tailored for their purposes. It is 27 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. If you just joined us, this is a very revealing discussion we are having about digital disruption. And just to buttress the point you made, Kofi, um, there's this multinational company that signed up to a travel company, and a travel company without the customer asking, give them a huge discount. Mm only to realize that the company was not interested at all in the discount. What they rather wanted was an assurance that there will be no circumstance that Absolutely. their executives will not fly. Absolutely. They were willing to pay more right. so that should the airline they are traveling on have a slight disruption, you will put them on the next available flight right. and make sure they get to their destination. Right. That was of much more interest to them than, than, the, than the discount. Absolutely. So you can throw the discount and realize that you are throwing it in the wrong Absolutely. place. So far in this discussion, um, some describe some Yaro describes um, superhuman consumers who have expectations that are totally incredible. Also talks about the mobile phone being an extension of our lives and carrying today the equivalent of fifty million dollars of computing power used using nineteen ninety values. Kate Thompson chips in to say that the the landscape has changed so significantly that there is a need or there is an expectation to be able to predict the needs of your customers based on your interactions with them. She says that customers, the, the customer needs are so complex and, and so diverse that an entity needs to forge partnerships to be able to meet these diverse needs, especially when you have a huge customer base. And then Kofi also comes on board and says, by the way, how much information can you glean from a customer in one interaction? Because customers now have what he calls a divine right to expect more. So far, this is what I'm learning from my three guests. But what are you learning? Which industry are you in? What are you trying to do as you engage technology, engage your customers, try to build your model, business model in a fast-changing world. Whether you are in...
cars. Yesterday, Elon Musk was trying to launch a new, a new driverless truck. If you are in music, the music money-making model has changed so much. Ask Joe Metal. Ask the big players in music. They will tell you. Ask Shatter. They will tell you where they are making their money today is not where they were making the money 10 years ago. Media and advertising has totally changed. Content on demand, everything has changed. If you come to healthcare, Kofi's one of Kofi's pet peeves, you will find out that the delivery of healthcare has been radically transformed by the power of technology and changing business models in the area of even reading library books the traditional printing and the traditional hard copy book has suffered a significant jolt with digital printing um online reading online periodicals and journals a whole consumption model has changed. If you are in you are in church today, probably a number of the congregants pay their offering with their phones and not with cash or with checks. Are you in the ark or are you outside? It is 30 minutes past the hour of 7. Let me pause and give some props to my sponsors who make this program possible. When I come back, let's talk about the way forward. How is this disruption going to change the way you eat, the way you drink, and the way you sleep? Are there some big changes coming that will totally transform your life? If you are a customer of a bank, or if you are thinking of banking services... Let me tell you about the EcoBank Digi Banking Park. Are you a trader or a merchant looking to grow your business? Then now is the time to grow. Sorry. Now is the time to grow faster and go further with EcoBank's Digi Banking Park. The EcoBank Digi Banking Park is designed specially with the growth of your business in mind. Our benefits include zero opening balance, no monthly service charges, automatic access to EcoBank's payments and the collection solutions, and a loan of up to 200,000 Ghana cities and much more. The EcoBank Digi Banking Park also comes with capacity building and financial literacy programs to empower you to grow your business. To find out more about how to grow faster and go further with a bank that understands your business, visit the nearest EcoBank branch, call toll-free on 3225 or contact us on digipackgh at ecobank.com. You know by now that EcoBank Mobile App is the CIMG product of the year 2018. EcoBank is the two times CIMG Hall of Fame bank and EcoBank by far the Pan-African bank. Let me go for a break. When I come back, we'll find out in our data is keen segment why six out of ten companies, if you are ten CEOs in the room right now, just look around you. Six of them have already been disrupted. The remaining four will talk about what will happen to them when I come back in the Data Skin segment with Amos. Let me bring you the song Crazy Love by Akese Brempong. And let me find out from you kids, who do you dedicate the song to tonight? My mother. To your mother? Yes. All right. All right. Why do you want to dedicate to your mother? My mother has been so supportive. Right. I think at the time... Please sorry. talk in the mic so she can hear sorry. you. Sorry. My mother has been so supportive and... At a time that I wanted to do things that uh, normally girls wouldn't do, she was ready to support me, and Charlie. she has been my number Yo. one fan. Yes. Mention any, mention any. She's Mrs. Vivian Thompson. Mrs. Yeah. Vivian Thompson, Charlie, this is this song crazy loud. Ah, she will enjoy it. Charlie, song, who, who do you give the song to? My best half, Cynthia Hiram Yaro. I know she's listening from the house. Hey, Charlie, don't you shake your shoulders? Yeah, mention any. <laughs> your love is deep. <laughs> Come on, who do you give this one to? Kiki, I'm sure. Your, your friend, <laughs> 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 so all the kiddie boobs, right? 
All our children across across the entire entire world. Confused. Gifty and the wheels. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and then I'll start from the stand. Alright. Now you're bringing a song, Crazy Love by Akasha Brim. But let me give mine let me give mine to Dr. Mrs. Table. Yesterday was your thirty third wedding and Rishi Charlie, thirty three years of marriage and end up home. Let me give the song to you on this occasion of your thirty third wedding and Rishi Pastor and Mrs. Mensa Otable. The song is Crazy Love by Akasi Brimpon. Please enjoy. No legal justification for lowering an Akasi Brimpong song. The guy, Reggae, Christian Reggae, Unyele. Today, see you in Dubai. 
MTN Pulse. Just be. Terms and conditions apply. We day for you everywhere you go. Postman. I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank on my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? Ecobank, bro. With Ecobank Mobile App, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid Amen school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Wale Wale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Ecobank Mobile App from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check accounts statements, send money across Ghana, abroad, and more. Ecobank Mobile app has got it covered. Ecobank Mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the Ecobank way. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. And Springboard is the virtual university. Tonight on our Data Skin segment, it's about strategizing in a disruptive environment. And Amos suggests that 6 out of 10 are already dead meat. Amos, what are the experts seeing? Thanks, Rev. Our data exchange segment is premised on the fact that statistical data organized and presented in the right context improves understanding, um, reduces uncertainty, and then helps to predict, have accurate outcomes, you know, prediction. So statistical data, the statistic for today, mm. says according to the Accenture Disruptability Index, 63% Mm-hmm. of companies are experiencing disruption already <clears throat> and 44% are highly susceptible to disruption so disruption is happening across all industries and investment in digital transformation is essential to stay relevant and create new opportunities wow. digital transformation has therefore become a competitive Necessity. So, Amos, how, how, how are companies responding in the light of, of the data you just shared with us? So, there are two ways they are responding. The first is through strategy. Um, and a Tech Republic premium survey found that 70% of companies either have a digital transformation um, strategy or they are working on one. So, that's the first way. The second way is through investment. Digital transformation budgets increased year over year for half of the firms that were surveyed. It is estimated that enterprises will spend over $2 trillion towards digital transformation. And the benefits are clear. Those who have made the investment, um, they have seen enviable outcomes in product and service improvement, operational efficiency, and increased agility across the value chain. So our concluding question for tonight is, are you making the necessary investment that will enable your business to survive the digital disruption, or will you be forced to bow out? Interesting question that you ask. And I'm going to put Kobi Asma on the line. Kobi Asma is... Um, radically transforming how business is done in the print space. Kobe has been a market leader in the industry for years and at a time when the industry was totally or is totally being disrupted has made some significant movements to ensure that 
type company limited stays at the cutting edge of the industry. But inter- even more interesting, interestingly, he gave his presentation um, this week at a conference on the total transformation of that industry. So let's put Kobe on the line and let's find out what Kobe has to say about this. Hello, hello Kobe. Good evening. Yeah, good evening, Albert. Well, Kobe, um, I'm sure you've been listening to a discussion about technological disruption with rapt attention. I am, yes. And I, I've been very excited and listening to all your, your panelists. From from your perspective, I know you shared on this subject this week. I just want to, in a, in a, in a nutshell, what did you share about marketing, sales, and distribution in a digital era um, to the Christian publishers and writers that you spoke to this week. I just want to, in, in, a, in a couple of minutes, share the highlights of your presentation and how your industry has been disrupted um, by these developments. Okay, thank you very much. Um, allow me to say good evening to your global listeners. Um, uh, a lot has been said by your panelists already, and I won't take too much of your time, but uh, thank you for giving me an opportunity to share a few thoughts with you. But before I do that, let me say that um, research has indicated that by 2020, digital technologies will influence 50% of sales. And the question I put to um, myself is that how do I receive this news? Is it fear? Um, is it anxiety or excitement? But for me, I think that I see opportunity there. Because if um, I can realize 50% of my sales in just a couple of years to come, then it means that there's room for growth. So sometimes we panic about what we don't know. And this digital disruption itself also hits us in my industry. I mean, you know that I'm in printing, and that's what I've done over a period of about 35 years and for me it's bread and butter and so realizing one day that um, what I used to do was no more I used to print sometimes in in the region of 50,000 maybe annual reports for companies and then um, one year you, you, you now print 300 and so the value of your business shrinks to sometimes in the region of about 10% 15%. Nobody prints Christmas cards these days. Calendars are going down. Books are turning digital and so forth. And you ask yourself what's going on. Um, part of what is going on is as a result of our inability to really take research serious. And so it didn't just creep up on us. It gradually has been happening over the period, just that we didn't pay too much attention to it. And we realized that um, over the period, many organizations are led by analog leaders. We have parents who are analog, government leaders who are analog, and attempting to lead the way. And so even though they are digital at at, heart, at heart, they don't implement strategies the way it's supposed to to be done. And so, sharing I mean, sharing this kind of concept with my publishing friends, I told them that one of the, the main things that we have to do is um, to build capacity in ourselves, understand what is going on first, um, put some training in place, ensure that 
we can change our mindset about what is going on. Because mindset change is one of the critical things that we have to do. We should be deliberate about transformation of our industry. We shouldn't leave it to chance. Innovation is key. We should call for new ideas. And in some cases, like it happened in my my case, we have to jump into it and disrupt our own industry. Someone comes to you and says that he wants to print um, a wedding card and decide that, okay, you will give them options. They, they, they might not necessarily have to print wedding cards or they want a funeral program. You could come up with a solution that would make it unnecessary for them to print if I sum up your prescriptions, there are four things you've said. One is that research is key. Two, build capacity. Key, yeah. Three, training. And the last one is mindset change. Yeah. I want to say a big thank you to you, Kobi Asma, for your thoughts. And let me sign off on one thing. One thing that you said that I find very interesting is that analog leaders, they are digital at heart, but they are analog in the outlook. Very, very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah, year yeah. did I mean, you say that digital trans- uh, disruption will influence 50% of sales? Did you say 2020 or 2022? 2020, 2020. Charlie, I mean, I, I'm running um, off. It is 37 days more. We are already too late. Thank you so much, Kobi Asma. Yeah. All right. All right. So 37 days more to the year 2020. Just in case you thought it was far away, it is just 37 days more, and you have to be up and running by now. I'm going to come to some very briefly, but before that, let me bring the thoughts of comfort on the game changer segment so that some you get to marry the the point that was made about investment strategy and investment in the data is keen segment and the thoughts about the digitization of disney comfort i'm a big disney fan one of these days on my birthday just take me to disney and i'll be fine so while we think about disney <laughs> let's find out about how disney found its back against the wall and how it bounced back comfort take it away Definitely. Well, how does a media company form before color TV was invented, avoid being left behind in this digital age? Disney is a colossus in the entertainment industry. The Mickey Mouse in, um, company is worth almost $150 billion and dominates the media landscape through its ownership of companies like Pacer, Marvel, and ESPN. Disney has traditionally distributed its content through cable companies and cinemas, but generally lagged behind in streaming. So although its content was available on platforms like Netflix and Hulu, the media giant did not have its own dedicated streaming platform. Netflix began streaming in 2015, and since then, we've had other people like Stars, Showtime, Sling, and so on. So it did come as a surprise to some when five years after the birth of on-demand video streaming, Disney announced that it was going to launch its own streaming platform, Disney+. Plus. The market seems saturated. Its competitors all had a significant head start. So how was Disney Plus going to compete? Well, this year, uh, this just last week, our answer came. On, 20, on 12 November 2019, Disney Plus was launched in U.S., Canada, and the Netherlands. The market response was immediate. The service racked up. 10 million signups in just one 
single day. 24 hours. 24 hours. I think it's it beaten. took HBO three years to reach 500,000. Half three years. But they did it in one day. So how did they do that? The change, the game changer is digitization. How did they do that? Timing is very crucial. Disney did not rush into creating a platform. It waited till its ideal customers, the millennials, were of working age. Accessibility. Disney set the price at $7, which is a little over half of what the standard Netflix um, subscription costs. They worked with what they had. <coughs> Disney was a big part of people's childhood. Essentially, they made nostalgia digital. Today's quote comes from somebody who knows a thing or two about digitizing traditional industry. Jeff Bezos says, in today's era of volatility, there's no way but to reinvent. This week, as we provide value to our customers, let's consider how we can harness the power of technology to make an even bigger impact. This has been Game Changer on Springboard. Do have a phenomenal week. Interesting timing and price. And yeah. so by the power of the right choices, a company is able to do in 24 hours what competitors did um, could not do in, in three years. Let me bring some in to give me your closing thoughts, some in a minute. The time flies when you have a discussion like that. Mm-hmm. Let's find out from you, some. How do we marry the point that Amos made about investment and about strategy to ensure that we are not left behind? And writing on that, Comfort also brings home the point about the timing of your intervention and, and the pricing of your intervention and the positioning of your intervention in the face of the fact that others have gone way ahead of you. How do you get it right, yeah. Sam? I think uh, Comfort makes a very important point. With this uh, disruption that is going on, you either self-disrupt early and start your transformation early that's what, that's than, what yeah, described than be forced to transform. And I use EcoBank as, as an example. We realized about a decade ago that, look, the core utility of banking has moved away from uh, the brick and mortar that we have, and we have to transition. Uh, even though most often when we speak, we speak about the EcoBank mobile app, but to tell you what we have is an ecosystem that addresses both our commercial banking clients, our corporate clients, as well as our consumer clients. And what, how does this play out? If you take the core utility that I mentioned earlier, store of value, move money, have access to credit. We have platforms today that all our SME customers are able to sit in the comfort of their office and do almost every transaction that a typical SME corporate would do with the bank. At the same corporate level, we also have platforms that the corporate can sit and run payroll. Um, give you an example. Up to today, we have about last uh, year, we had close to about 40 million transactions done through us. And out of these 40 million transactions, 80% of them were done by our corporate SME and our uh, consumer clients via the electronic and digital channels. And that reemphasizes the fact that the core utility has moved away from us. So strategy is important that you have to start the change at your own pace and early enough. If not, if the wave comes by and you don't start riding the wave early, you would probably... Uh, find your processes and everything become redundant. I'll give you just a little example to buttress this point. If you look at the cost that it took the Americans to send the Apollo uh, aircraft to the moon, 
it was 1.2 billion US dollars in today's terms. Mm. The further developments that were done on it reduced their cost. That 1.2 billion translated about $6,000 per kilogram of which that is taken to orbit. With all the refinement that has happened, it reduced about $3,000 per kilogram of uh, which taken into orbit. Then comes your good friend, Elon Musk mm-hmm. of Tesla. He comes and changes everything around. First principles re- redesign. He uses uh, 3D printing. He uses uh, prototype nozzles. He uses reusable rockets. And he reduces it to $300 per kilogram of which that he can send to orbit. So if you are sitting down and thinking, with all these overheads, that makes you send a rocket to the moon at $1.2 billion. And somebody is reducing that to $300 per kilogram of which sent to orbit. You will die with all your overheads today. <laughs> and that is why we have started this uh, journey very early. And our customers have really voted with their foot and with their hands. Mm-hmm. And we're having 80% of traffic coming on. We just invite our customers to continue to abide with us. And we shall take them to the next level where augmented reality, smart digital assistance will embed it onto their apps and their platforms. And they'll take, to the, they'll take it to the next level. <laughs> You're, you're talking almost like a politician. <laughs> <laughs> this is technology at play. All right. You know, I get excited when we talk about this. It's these obvious. Things. It's yeah. obvious. Some, uh, some Yaro is some some Yaro is sleeps and drinks technology. Is head of operations and technology at EcoBank, the regional head for Anglo- Anglophone West Africa, and and. Um, and what Ghana and Anglophone West Africa, correct, Ghana, for Ghana. EcoBank region. All right, let me come to Kate Thompson for a closing thoughts. Kate is Kate eats, sleeps, and drinks customers eh, for <laughs> consumer distribution. Yes, I do. All right, so, okay, so what should our customers expect going forward in the face of all the discussions that we've had, and especially in the line of, in the light of some of the things that have come up from our game changer segment and then the data skill segment. Okay, thank you very much, Albert. Um, what I would say is that what we do or disruption is as a result of customer needs. We've gotten to the point where the customer, we've always known that customers are akin, but then we've gotten to the point where they matter more. We have realized that they need specialized services. We cannot treat each customer the same. So my thoughts are based on two quotes from Charles Darwin. It is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It's the one that is most adaptable to change. Mm. Mm. And again, I would put out a quote by Paul Wilmot. He is a director at McKinsey. He says that in some ways, incumbents have a lot of benefits over new players, over startups. They have customers. They have great data. They often have a brand. They have financial resources, which a startup may not have. The question is, can all these capabilities and assets be deployed in a way that allows you to defend against new attackers as digital disrupts your industry? Yes, EcoBank, I believe, is on the right track. And we're on the right track because we have recognized the need for digital transformation, which will definitely disrupt the status quo. And we will be responding to customers differently. What I, however, find significant is the fact that we have a leadership who have recognized the need and are driving this transformation. A key ingredient, no, a key ingredient to survive in the digital disruption era. We have key positives of an incumbent and we are adaptable to change. So our customers be assured that we are ready to ensure that we take you to the next level. You also win the election. We will. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me end with my brother, Kofi Usu Ishira. 
Kofi is a, is a faculty member here at the Virtual University, the CEO of the Sando. Kofi, yes. um, the, the, the word out there is that if we think we have seen enough, what is coming is even more massive. Should we be concerned? We should, Albert. And I am looking forward to the day where banks and financial institutions will become more aggressive about data aggregation. If I'm withdrawing money from my bank, it will be in the interest of the bank to know what I want to use the money to do. If it's to buy groceries, I'm looking forward to the day where the bank will provide the groceries to me so I don't have to withdraw the money from the bank. Right. We are looking at how banks can aggregate data. Banks should be interested in buying customer data across different channels and make sense through analytics of all this data across various fields so they can serve the customer better. I think we are in for huge disruptions in the coming few years. I want to tell you something before I sign off, and that is the fact that if people are very repetitive in their, in their behaviors, and if you just took time to look at their statements with a little bit of curiosity, you can literally predict what they will do over the next year yes. and over the next year after yes. that, yeah. and that could give you significant advantage. I tell you something, we can have this discussion for life, but I would have to sign off at this point because coming up next year, work with Jesus, and I trust that the discussion will continue to enrich your life. I have been I have been impacted by the thoughts shared by some. Hiram Yarrow, Kate Thompson, Kofi Osinshra, and my boss Comfort in this discussion about digital disruption. I hope that you also have learned something that will enable you to be one of those who is riding on the crest of the wave and not one of those who has been disrupted and cannot find your level. Let me sign off with the one lesson I learned from each of my guests. From Sam Yaro, he talks about superhuman customers who have expectations that are totally incredible. Kate Thompson talks about the need of the expectation to be able to predict what the customer will need. Kofi Osin talks about how much information you can glean from one interaction considering the customers now have a divine right to expect more. Comfort Okran is telling us from her presentation that our solutions must come with the right timing and the right price and we will be fine. And that Amos says that in all that we do, please invest and invest in your digital strategy. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of the Virtual Academic Board, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night.